Hello, and welcome back to the Pit Lane Collective podcast. We, this is the second time we're yeah, doing this. We've kind of recorded most of this episode already. Yeah, we have to stop because the dog was barking. Yeah, someone knocked at the door. Either that or he's a big fan of Daniel Ricardo. We're talking about Daniel Ricardo a lot, and he got upset. Yeah. Talking about Daniel Ricardo. This is going to be a Daniel Ricardo heavy episode. Don't feel like we've mentioned Daniel Ricardo enough. Daniel, but Daniel no. Ricardo is going to feature quite a lot in this Daniel Ricardo heavy. Yeah. So episode. it is the Daniel Ricardo special. It yeah. is. It is. And we're going to further ado. Let's get into that. Yeah, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite Aussie. Sorry, Daniel Ricardo. So, sorry, Oscar Piastri. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be Mr. Daniel Ricardo. Um. We thought it'd be kind of interesting, seeing as there's not been any races for the past 10 years. It is race week, though. And there is going to be one coming soon, so this is the last kind of filler episode we've got to do. We thought it'd be kind of fun to delve into Daniel Ricciardo's career and yeah. talk a little bit about his future options. Because I kind of think that even though he's not on the grid currently, it, he's still quite a big story yeah, and a big presence around the grid, Yeah, which says a lot about him, really. So I, I think it's, it's quite apt talk about a bit about his career and then where he might go yeah if, if he'll come back where 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 he might go to what's next for him yeah because we both got kind of different um well i guess we both became aware of daniel ricardo at different times i've been into formula one quite a bit longer like 2010 2011 um you sort of joined more 2020 ish so i sort of joined when he joined renault yeah half arsed yeah and then properly the season after so we've got we've we've both seen kind of well, not that we've both seen different bits, but you've probably seen a different side to him than I will have seen. And, I've seen the not so great side. Yeah, yeah. So we thought it'd be interesting. We'll go through his career really quick. Um, well, you will. I will fill you in on what he did uh, and, and how things went, and then yeah, we'll we'll kind of go from there. So it all began way back in the day, in 2011, when he joined a team called HRT. <laughs> Hispania racing team, <laughs> not hormone. What is it? Replacement, Replacement therapy. therapy. Yeah. Um, he, back then, there were 13 teams in Formula One, and HRT were very much one of the backmarkers. And when we talk about backmarkers in Formula One these days, we kind of, <laughs> I don't think we fully appreciate what backmarkers were back then. Um, the backmarker might get lapped maybe once. <laughs> yeah. Like back then, HRT and I think it was Caterham and um, Mana Marussia, um, they were the three backmarker teams. They they were about four seconds a lap slower, I think, four or five a seconds lap. a lap. They were wow. they were not quick cars, and as there were thirteen cars on the grid, they basically never got points. So poor old Danny Rick came in and just basically got I think half a season's experience at HRT. Um, then in twenty twelve, because he was a Red Bull Junior, yeah. he joined Toro Rosso. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> On his first race for the team in Australia, he got points. Smashed it. Home race. Amazing. And then it was just kind of, I think it was like basically an uneventful sort of two years. Yeah. Um, he, he did well every now and again, but Toro Rosso went an amazing team back then. Um, but during that time, the parent team, I guess, Red Bull, you know, Vettel was winning everything that could possibly be seen at that time. I was loving life as a yeah. Vettel fan. Um, and I think. Ricardo basically found himself kind of getting excited to join the top team if he could prove himself. You know, I think Red Bull did back then what they kind of do now. They used Toro Rosso as like the sort of feeder Feed team. Them, yeah. yeah, so they brought people in, tested them out, 
and then move them up if you could show that you were good enough. Um, and I think at the end of 2013, Mark Webber, who was driving for Red Bull at the time, announced that he was going to retire. And Red Bull thought, let's bring in another Aussie. And so Daniel Ricciardo got the call up. Here's one we made earlier. Yeah, yeah. Here's a new guy. <laughs> um, and they brought him in for 2014. And he must have been so excited. You, you, you've just watched the team that you join in win four championships in a row. Blitz everything. Yeah. Um, and sort of similar to how George Russell's kind of experienced stuff now with joining Mercedes, Ricardo joined Red Bull just at the time when Red Bull stopped winning everything. And they're coming down the mountain. <laughs> yeah. So um, he joined the Constructors' Champions his teammate was the, the reigning driver's champion. And to be fair to him, he had an amazing first season at Red Bull. He beat Vettel in the head-to-head. Um, he got three wins, um, all starting outside the top three. Um, he, he did a great job, and he finished third in the championship. But as we now know, Mercedes were basically trying to win by as little yeah. as possible, and they they just driven off into the distance pretty much most races um but yeah solid solid sort of debut performance best of the rest in red bull and i guess he's hoping you know hopefully red bull pick themselves up next year nope nope they didn't further and further down. yeah so vettel left and vettel joined ferrari um daniel kvyat came in and joined ricardo and it was just kind of an uneventful year, really. They slipped a bit further down. The constructors didn't do too well. But then in 2016, things got a little bit better. And mm. once again, he finished third in the championship, uh, again, behind the two Mercedes drivers. Um, he got another win in Malaysia, and he arguably should have got another win in Monaco. Uh, he started on pole, um, and then Red Bull forgot during the pit stop phase that you need tyres. So they called oh, him to in. put on the car. Yeah. yeah. So they called him in from the lead of the race. Yeah. <laughs> Jacked the car up, took all the wheels off, and went. Something, something doesn't look right. And I'm pretty sure he was in the pits for about twenty odd seconds. Nipped down the quick fit. <laughs> get four more. Come yeah. Back. Just did 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 like a quick sort of like. Has anyone got any tires here? Can we can we just stick some on? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in the pits for about twenty odd seconds, and he only just lost the lead to Hamilton. So that's know, how far ahead he was. Yeah, he, he, he would have, if it, if it had been a normal pit stop, he'd have easily won that race. So that was a bit of a sting, um, a bit of a brutal way to lose out. But he did, he did come third in the championship and he did, he did well. 2017. Oh, sorry. No, there's one more thing I should probably talk about. It's kind of unremarkable in 2016. Uh, just a little, little thing, which is uh, a certain Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Um, Never brought, heard of her. No. Brought into the team. Uh, and, and poor old Kvyat was just kind of kicked out. And by his wife or by... Both. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically, like, Kvyat, I, I, th- I think um, at the time Verstappen was coming up, Red Bull knew sorry, that they sorry, had to find sorry, a seat for him. Sorry, but Max taking your seat and your wife, and your wife. that is a flex. That's brutal, isn't it? That is brutal. brutal. Poor old Kvyat. I liked Kvyat as well. It was, it was kind of harsh what happened to him. Jeez. But basically, they Red Bull knew that they wanted to keep Verstappen and they had to keep him sweet, so they, they literally mid-season, just, well, not even mid-season, it was like four races in or something, Spanish Grand Prix, they kicked Kvyat out. Uh, Kvyat out? Kvyat out. Easy team. to say. And they brought Verstappen in. Uh, and, you know, you'd be thinking, like, well, ah, 
you know, I mean, it's his first, Verstappen's first race in a, in a sort of top car. Uh, he's probably going to do all right. He won the race. Yeah. He won the race. So, um, yeah, poor old Kvyat got put in the bin. And, yeah. Kind of I think we'll all agree they made the right decision. Tailed off. But, yeah, fair enough. In hindsight, it was a good call. Good call. Because um, I think this guy is probably going to go on to do some, he's probably going to get a couple of championships and At stuff as Max Verstappen. But he was Ricardo's new teammate. And so, um, going into 2017, um, Ricardo arguably was the more experienced, well, no, was the more experienced sort of top driver. Um, but, but Red Bull kind of fell down a little bit in the standings. Ferrari came back. That was the year Vettel was fighting for the championship with Ferrari. Um, so Ricardo ended the, the whole season in fifth in the driver's championship. He did get a win in Baku. He did okay. But uh, he had six DNFs in the season. So I don't think all of them were due to the engine, but quite a few of them were. It, it kind of became quite a common thing for Ricardo to come over the radio and be like, guys, it, it happened again. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's got to be a bit frustrating. And who was the engine supplier? Was it? Was it? It, was, it was a certain team called Renault. Oh. Um, who, it's a know, cool little segue. Who will feature a little later on. <laughs> but then in 2018, um, Ricardo finished sixth. In the championship, Red Bull kind of stayed where they were, third best team, picked up occasional wins. Ricardo got two of them. He, he won in China and he won in Monaco. So he righted the wrong from 2016. They actually did put tyres on the car and he did win the race. Insert cool Monaco picture here. Jumping into the pool, which was, which was pretty iconic. But, but he did have eight DNFs. Eight. Um, yeah, you're slipping into Ferrari territory there, aren't you? No, it's, <laughs> it's really not good. Really not good. And, and you know, I think it, it just got to the point where it was, like, insanely frustrating. Not yeah. all of them were engine-related. One of them in particular um, was... I, I think it's been talked about a little bit. You're probably familiar with this one. I think so. The crack. Yeah. So... Ricardo and Verstappen were racing each other quite hard around Baku. Mm -hmm. They'd been racing each other hard for the entire race, and Red Bull had gone, no team orders, you guys do, do you. Like. Yeah. So they did, and they crashed into each other and didn't finish the race. And yeah. it all kind of blew up a little bit from there. The straw that broke the camel's back, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think, you know, looking back at it, I think Ricardo's sort of come out and said something to the effect of this as well. But I think essentially uh, that was the moment where he decided, do you know what? Verstappen's getting favour in this team. I'm gonna. He's the shiny new toy. Yeah, I'm gonna bounce because, um, and I don't think it's that controversial to say that in that incident, I think Max was mostly at fault, mm -hmm. um, and I think Daniel definitely felt that, and I think a lot of people felt the same. Uh, he, Max had moved under braking, and Ricardo had gone into the back of him. Um, but Red Bull didn't come out and say that, and they didn't. They they basically just said, "Ah, it's a driver incident. Fifty fifty. It happens." Um, says a lot. Don't, really. don't get me wrong; they were pissed. <laughs> they 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 sent them both back to the factory and had them both apologising to all the team who you know they they were on for like a, a decent haul of points and they'd taken each other out. But I think Ricardo would have felt a little bit hard done by in that one because he deserved a bit more support in that one. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> fully on him and to be made to apologize as much yeah. as the guy who'd caused the crash. Brutal. Um, and I think that kind of sowed the seeds. And so roll around 2019, um, Ricardo 
is not starting the season at Red Bull anymore. He is in yellow. Mm. He's driving for Renault. He's in the Renault. Yeah, he joined Renault for uh, what was announced to be a multi-year deal. Um, he basically he, he basically came out and said that it's time for him to take a, a new challenge, fresh challenge. You know, the kind of like PR-y sort yeah. of stuff. Like, of I'm, I'm onto new things and all that sort of stuff. And he, 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 you know, he put a lot of faith behind Renault that they would give him a car that would compete uh, and that would, you know, help him get wins and hopefully championships. Uh, and it was a pretty uh, decent payout as well, rumoured. I can imagine. So, yeah, things looked okay. He partnered up with Hulkenberg. Start of the 2019. Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg. Didn't didn't go that well. No. Ninth in the in the drivers' championship. Quite controversial the move, wasn't it? Where, uh, Rebel yeah. to, to Renault. Yeah, and I think you know Christian Horner came out, didn't he? And and <laughs> ever the uh, the guy to sort of just give like a chilled out take. He basically said that Ricardo was running from a fight. Um, and I think there is a bit of truth in that, if I'm honest. Yeah, he's got a bit of form, hasn't he? I think yeah. with that. Well, n- now we know, yeah, maybe, but um, I think definitely then. Ricardo was trying to position it as just something he needed to do. But I think realistically, he, he knew that if he was at Red Bull and if they ever produced a car that could fight for a title, he would be second fiddle to Max. And I don't think he wanted that. And, and fair, fair enough. It's a, yeah. it's a tough situation to find yourself in. We jumped to Renault. First year didn't go great. Highest finish was fourth. And, and yeah, ninth in, the, in the, the Drivers' Championship. Then we move on to 2020. Um, Hulkenberg disappeared. Task. And he got Ocon as a teammate. Um, it went a bit better. The year as a whole went a bit better. He got two podiums, um, and he finished fifth. So solid, sort of best of the rest. Yeah, in the in the the drivers' championship. Um, pretty pretty decent all round year, and and it looked like you know Renault were on the up a mm. bit. They they were doing better. A couple of podiums. Well. Yeah, yeah. So then, bearing in mind that he talked about this sort of. Renault project and that they'd sort of you know that he was excited to to sort of take the team to the next step <laughs> it then comes out that um he's he's not going to be driving for he's Renault off. anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a bit of a wild one um in in the sort of silly season that happens where all the drivers change teams and whatever one of the big moves was Ricardo was leaving Renault and joining McLaren yeah now, I should point out, and, and we've probably skipped ahead a little bit here, but obviously sort of the, the Renault years were the time that you joined, uh, sort of watching yeah, yeah, Formula yeah. 1-ish, maybe, maybe halfway through the Renault years, but that was the sort of time. In, in, in his Red Bull days, Ricardo was probably one of the highest rated on drivers on the grid. The guy. Yeah, he was the dude. Um, he was the, the last of the late breakers. He put on insane overtaking displays. He won races from outrageous starting positions that, you know, you'd, you'd look at and be like, how, how has he done that? And he was the guy who, if you'd have asked people, who's the next driver who's not already a champion who will become one? He'd be top of pretty much yeah. everyone's list. Um, you know, Verstappen kind of worked his way up there as well. But when you look at, like, Max in 2020 when he was fighting the two Mercedes, by himself, like, and, and everyone was saying he's going to be a champion one day. That was Ricardo back in even 2014. Yeah. People started talking about that. 
So what was kind of wild was that he joined Renault with that amount of support behind him and that amount of like the hype. Yeah, hype and and that amount of stock in him. Yeah. His his stock was high. Everyone was like this guy is going to yeah, he's going to do things with that Renault. Um and then obviously like 2 years in he's not he's leaving Renault. And so everyone's like, "Whoa, oh, okay." But he's joining McLaren. Hmm. Wow. That's going to be that's going to be a combination for the ages that he's partnering up with the young uh, McLaren Academy driver One of those Lando Norris, youngest young drivers on the grid. Yeah. So everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is going to be." And McLaren have been trending upwards a little bit. They've been doing better. So, um I think I think they'd even come third in the the, the previous year's constructors championship. So, they'd they've been doing very well. Um and it's like, "Oh, this is this is just a match made in heaven this." Ricardo, Lando, and McLaren like it didn't quite go down that way. Did it? it didn't. There was problems from the outset. Yeah. First of all, being the relationship between the two of them, it was a strange one. Don't get me wrong. Now, when we look back on it, and even now, they appear quite friendly. But yeah. At the start, it definitely wasn't. Well, I think everyone expected it to be. So, like back in sort of Daniel's Red Bull days, he had a great relationship with Max. Definitely at the start, maybe. It I don't know. Young can have a bad relationship with him. Not yeah. Max, Daniel. Daniel, yeah, he just seemed so sort of happy-go-lucky. But yeah. they were they were laughing and joking, and they were having so much fun. And also, Lando and Sainz, his then teammate, had this kind of oh, funny yeah, like like brothers, yeah. relationship. Yeah, so I think everyone was like, oh, you put Daniel and you put Lando together, it's going to be amazing. And they would always like laughing, making each other laugh in like conferences. And yeah, stuff like that, yeah, yeah, and there was, there was some... And, and then it just never really materialized. And I think... Myself included, I felt that probably like Lando came out of the gate a little bit like defensive almost. Yeah, he, because some of the statements he made, he felt I, I, it came across like he was very threatened. Yeah, but because I think because as you've just said, Daniel came. I, I don't know how, how it was when he came over to McLaren, but as you said, when he went to Renault, we had all this pomp behind yeah. him, and it's kind of like he still had that. And Lando was like, "Oh, yeah." Well, basically, everyone's like, "Oh, he's I'm the he's, guy." Yeah. He's gonna absolutely stomp Lando. Yeah, like it, he's gonna he's gonna show him like you know like, and I think what appeared at first to be Lando being defensive. Lando basically came out and said, "I'm gonna try and be the lead. I'm gonna try and step up my game and be the lead driver at McLaren here." And I think people rubbished him a little bit. And I I probably did as well. But like in hindsight, I think I think a lot of that was drive to survive. Probably yeah. I think like. Looking back on that now, he came across as such a petulant kid in that. Mm. But it it would also be very easy if it for it to just be shot like that. Yeah, and a lot of the things he said taken way out of context. Yeah, I mean, not not he still said those things, but in the broader term of what he was saying, they probably weren't as bad. It's got a it's got a feel like I don't know how that would feel if it was you. Like you're you're in a team that you've been in for a couple of years, and then this big name, big personality. You know, big media following driver. Who everyone, everyone just loves, loves them. Yeah, it's joining your team, and everyone's kind of going, "Oh, he's gonna, he's well, gonna can, stomp you. It, he's gonna it, beat you." I, I understand Lando's response. Well, I think it says a lot about your own character is how you take that because you could take it at like how Lando was perceived to take it and go into your shell a bit and get really defensive, or you could go, "Wow, this is amazing for the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna get on board this hype train because this is gonna like propel us. Yeah, it's gonna be great." And once it propels us, I'm just gonna win anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I think, I think realistically, the 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 teammate relationship that 
everyone has is you want to beat your teammate, yeah. no matter who they are. And it's I your totally, first opponent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's your only real kind of yardstick. So I totally get Lando, like in hindsight especially, to get him sort of taking that stance. And I think everyone kind of expected Daniel to just wipe the floor with Lando, yeah. to be honest. And he did not. It didn't happen, did it? Not at um, all. No. Struggled massively. So um, he, he struggled. He finished 45 points behind Lando in the championship. Uh, he finished eighth in the in the Drivers' Championship. He did have a, a, a big high. Like, uh, basically, all his performances were sort of like, what, what's going on? Is he all right? And then he had, like, one weekend in Monza where he won the race, won. and everyone was like, what is happening? But and Lando he gave the did, whole, I, I never went away. I'm yeah, he, he had the whole, like, I'm back. I'm yeah. back. And it was like, oh, oh brave art is, moment. This a, is this a redemption story for Ricardo? Is he back? Everyone loved it. I don't think anyone hated the fact that he won that race, no. apart from maybe Lando. He finished second. But um, he looked like he was on the up again. It was amazing. Great stuff. And then it just never materialized again, and he, he slumped back down she again. couldn't click on from there, could he? Yeah, and it was really, really strange. And it was, oh, you know, maybe he's just struggling. Apparently, the McLaren was a difficult car to drive, yeah. but he's... He's struggling here, but to finish three wins behind your teammate, like that's a big old, uh, yeah. big old gap there. Sorry, not three one, three wins, three third places, um, behind your teammate, uh, three podium. It, it, it's a big old gap, big old gap. Uh, but I think a lot of people, a lot of his sort of defenders, maybe and supporters, definitely were saying, you know, come on, it's twenty twenty two, it's the year of new regulations. Cars are all going to change up. The deck's going to be shoveled again. Let's Here we see go. what happens. Yeah. And it went worse. <laughs> it went worse. And it, 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 it's, it's hard to say this, to be honest, because to go from those highs of this guy is going to win a championship yeah. one day to suddenly being... He finished 85 points behind Lando in that, that year. Yeah, it's a, it's a chasm, isn't it? But 85 points. It's kind of unacceptable in the same machinery. It's bonkers, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, like if any other driver was doing that, you'd you'd be like, what are they doing? They need yeah. to swap this guy out. And it, it's think, hard because it's R- Ricardo and he's so likable. Well, I was going to say. You know he's a good driver. I but, think it's because even though I came into the sport so late, it's even like it, it must be the car. Yeah. Like he, it, it can't be him. He's he's far too good to finish that far off the pace. It's yeah. just like it, it, the car's built for Lando. Yeah. Or the team's all, you start going through like all these things and yeah, there's what, well, it can't be him. But then it's two years in a row in two different cars. It, it's But then I think by brutal. the end of the McLaren, he, like his his McLaren journey, I think it came quite evident that I think he was, he, he probably was just devoid of confidence. Yeah. I think yeah. he just, the, the reserves were just gone. He, he was, he and then now as, as he's back as a reserve driver for Rebel, I think this would be perfect. He's out the line, well, reset a bit. Well, he's fucking not out the line. No, like, no he? he's still there. He's still on all the Red Bull uh, like promotions, but like he can reset. Yeah, he, there's no real pressure on him. I think this this could be really good for him, and I think it's probably what he needed. Yeah, because I guess like in that sort of that year, everyone was dumping on him, and it, it became the thing that like what what has happened to yeah. Ricardo? And Whereas... you know, like the newer fans, even newer than I. Just like who's the yeah, absolute yeah. donkey in this car, and, and it, it it was it was wild. But it would it would always be the media, like what what, what happened there? What? And I think you know he, he looked on for a couple of good results, and he, the luck didn't favor him. But then also a lot of the time he just wasn't there, and Lando was 
It it is also worth remembering. No, he just touched on it. He did win in that car. Lando didn't. Well, he won hasn't. in in 2021. No, but no, he still won in the McLaren. But he's won in the McLaren. Lando hasn't. And Lando hasn't. But but yeah, to to be like outperformed that massively is is a big old whack. And he was supposed to be with McLaren for three years. Yeah. Um. And McLaren terminated his contract early. Um. He was supposed to be driving for McLaren this year, and McLaren uh, apparently came to an agreement with him and just went. This is this is not going to work, mate. You're out. And I think realistically, like <laughs> Ricardo might have wanted to stay. I think he was he was battered mentally at the end of that. But McLaren aren't going to keep him in the car regardless. So I think uh, amicably terminating this contract is a PR speak to basically be yeah. like, "Come on, mate, you're out." Yeah. Um, I'd... and then they brought Piastri, and so he's been fully replaced at McLaren. And he's, as you said, there he's, he's taken a year out now, hasn't he? So he's sitting out the year. He's not on the grid, um, in in a team, but he is a third driver for Red Bull. And I do and think that's kind of where we're at. I do think, by the way, that this, I I think if he'd have had his way, what I'm trying to say. So I think he he could have been on the grid if he wanted to. Yes, I think there will have been teams who offered him a seat, maybe for a yeah. pay cut, and yeah. maybe he didn't want to take that. But I do think this is quite refreshing because I think it must be so exhausting. Every team he's ever gone to, he's had this bucket load of expectation on him. Yeah. The whole world going, oh my God, he's going to do it. This is the car. He's going to do it in this. And then to fail and then to do it again and then fail. Mm. That must just be mentally, physically draining. Yeah, yeah. So I think it says a lot about him, the way he probably has been offered maybe a Haas seat, yeah. whatever. And he's gone... You know what? Take Let's year not out. do this. Yeah. Maybe come speak to me next year. Yeah. Let's just take a year out. And so he's essentially he's development driver for Red Bull now. And he seems to be loving it. And he's he's loving life. But and this is where things get really interesting because obviously that's his you know, his career from the highs to the lows. And we're currently in one of those low lows. Um where does he go from here? He's he's obviously talking about um options for being on the grid in 2024 mm-hmm. um he has come out and said i, th- I think it was he'd, he'd been in sort of discussions with Haas. um i think people were saying he's got to go to Haas or williams or or something um and kind of just put some performances in that outperform the car and then you know people be like oh he's back and then sort of put a bit more stock back in his and, name yeah but he he came out and said he didn't want to do that he wanted to be at the sharp end of the grid or not. Or bust. Yeah, he's out. And so we find ourselves in this very interesting situation now where mm. for next year, if he wants to be on the grid, like what realistically, what options has he got? And I think it's that's kind of what we're we're gonna go through now. Is like we'll we'll look through the current top teams and what like where could he potentially go? So if you'll humor me on this one. Ooh. We've done um so we've been through all the teams. Yep. The driver's contract, we know in the end. Yeah, we do. So I want to quickly run through all the teams. Yeah. And just want you to just go sort of like a tier list. Yeah. Uh Rebel. So we got Max whose contract runs out in twenty twenty eight. He's probably got the second safest seat in Formula One after Lance Stroll. Yeah. 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 Um not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and Perez's contract runs till twenty twenty four, and I can't see that them being him. I can't see him being a driver there. No, I think when you look at Red Bull, 
you've got to also look at who else is in the driver market and you've got yeah there's that as well you've, you've got people like you know you if, if red bull wanted anyone would drive for that team literally yep. anyone i think probably with the exception of hamilton they could literally go to 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 science or charles or russell or anyone, anyone be like do you want to do you want to see and they'd be in because yep. you would you'd have to be insane not to yep um so if Red Bull have got that choice, and and to be brutal, why would you pick Daniel? Oh Ricciardo? no, I, I get it. Yeah, and as a, as a Red Bull fan, it's great seeing him back in Red Bull. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. Even though I never really seen it the first time, he just looks right in the looks suit. Looks like he's home. Yeah, he just looks right in the suit, but I can't see it. Um, I don't think there'd be a seat available there. The only anyway. only chance I could see him going to Red Bull is if both Max and Perez leave. It's the only. It's the only. And I option can't I really can see. see a world and where that happens. No, and and as we've said, Red Bull have their pick of anyone. Yeah. So realistically, and there's only really there's only really going to be one seat mm. for the foreseeable. I would imagine can't see Max going anywhere. No. And as you've just said, they could have anyone. So yeah. Red Bull, no chance. McLaren, <laughs> nope, absolutely no chance. No. <laughs> um, we got Lando's contract running out in 2025, but I don't buy it. And then. Piastri's in 2024. Alfa Romeo. This is a potential. This is a potential one because you got Joe's contract runs out in 2023. Now, it would depend on how they wanted to go with it because Bottas has run until 2024. Mm. And a lot of teams seem to like the the uh, really experienced older head driver and the new up-and-coming book. Yeah. Obviously, if Joe was to lose his seat or move on somewhere else, um, which, by the way, I don't think he deserves to lose his seat, um, I don't think he does. They would have two very, very old, much older experienced mm. drivers, and it depends if they want to go that route. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they've got Bottas on. I've got to say, I haven't said that. Bottas has not been great this year in that car. No, he hasn't. But he's, you know, unless something mad happens and he gets kicked out, I really see a seat there no. for Daniel in, in the next, you know, for next year. I, I think Joe brings all of the Chinese sponsorship that yeah. you could ever dream and, of. Teams want that. And, and he's solid doing some, performances. Yeah, like, I was going to say, and he's doing a lot better than people would have expected. He doesn't deserve to lose that seat. No, all. he doesn't. So, so unlikely. Un- unlikely. I mean... Definitely not a no. Yeah. But unlikely. Maybe for a massive pay cut or something, he could potentially wheedle his way in there. And you've also got to remember that in a couple of years' time, Alfa Romeo will become Audi. Mm. Um, I-, I-, I think Alfa Romeo actually leaving at the end of this year and then it's just i think i don't really know what the deal is but i think it's just going to be sauber for the next couple of years and then it'll go to to um to audi and there'll be a works team Mm -hmm. so if you're playing the sort of the longer game that might be a seat that you'd go for but arguably ricardo's going to be 36 by that point Mm. are they going to take him I, i don't really know um, especially if Bottas is sort of integrated into that team Still and getting around. on well, yeah, I, I I don't really see that big of a seat there. Well, ne- next we've got Aston Martin, yeah, and mm. that's I can't see it because you got Lance who has got the safest seat. Yeah, Lance is there until death. Basically. He's literally I couldn't find any information on when his contract ends because <laughs> it probably hasn't got an just end date. Permanent, yeah, yeah, just renews every year. And then you got Alonso who. He's on a multi-year deal that runs till 2024. Who's having the best time of his life and putting in unbelievable performances? Yeah. Why would Why would they get rid of him and why he, would he leave? The, it would make absolutely no sense to get rid of Alonso, nope. um, unless he does something insane. Um, you know, or he just drops off massively. It's Alonso. He's not going to. 
No. I mean, he might do something insane, but he's not He's not going to drop yeah. off. Um, he seems like the kind of guy who could wake up and just go, nah, I'll see this. I'll see something else. Yeah, but no, I, 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 he, he's obsessed with racing. Yeah. He's at the top with Aston. Um, on on it's not flukes it's pure performance yeah. i can't see him going anywhere no that's so a, that's a closed door on that one closed off next year i've got probably one of the more likely yeah teams in Haas. so you got nico's contract runs till 2024 and magnus until 23 so the possibly could be a seat there yeah if they don't renew old k-mag which i'd be sorry to see him go because i like him mm. but They've, they've rumoured to have had talks before. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe yeah. Ricardo slightly priced himself out of, of that move. Um, but it seems to me like one of the more likely options. Well, see, this is where you get the whole thing where I think Haas would be all over that. Yeah. But, um, oh my God, can you imagine Gunter, Gunter Steiner would, and Ricardo at the same team? He would, he'd, he'd be having a yeah, It would be a, a Marcus's dream. dream. But Ricardo doesn't want to go there. He doesn't want to go to a lower team. And I think if you realistically, if you split the grid in half, if he doesn't want to go to nowadays back markers, the back four, then he's, I mean, that's why he's not there currently. I think he may have to come to the realisation that he's going to have to pop his ego to one side. Yeah. If he wants to be on the grid, I mean, unless, you know, there's other top teams, which there aren't really. Um, I think, yeah, he's he's possibly going to end up there, but he doesn't want to, which no. I don't know how well that's going to go in his favour if he then approaches them again and goes, hey guys, I know I said I didn't want to be here, but I can't find anywhere else, so mm. could you just get me in for a bit? Um, Hassel know that if he performs well, he'll be looking to jump out as soon as possible. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? So, you know, I mean, Haas don't want rookies, they want people who are going to just look after the car and do Keep well. Keep the car alive. Yeah, yeah. So realistically for them, like Hulkenberg and Magnus are fine yeah. at the moment. I don't think Hass are that bothered. Um, Again, one of the more likely, though. Mm. If there was any yeah. to offer him the seat. Yeah. Next, you got Ferrari, which I think is quite an interesting one. Yeah. Only because, so both drivers' contract runs until 2024, so there wouldn't necessarily be the seat anyway until next season. Mm. However, I just think it's a strange, it's a strange situation you got going on there, Ferrari, because I don't think Leclerc is going to put up with that much longer. <laughs> um, and smooth operator signs. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe he could wedge himself in there if 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 his agent pulled a pulled a mm. cracker. I think I th- I think out of the top teams, they're the, they're the only one that's in any way, shape, or form likely. Yeah. Not maybe not even likely. Plausible. Yeah, I know that like. Leclerc has said so many times that it's his dream to win a championship yeah. with Ferrari. Maybe that's sort of maybe might have to put that aside. Yeah, maybe it is a little bit, but um yeah, potentially if Ferrari lose one of them, maybe. But then again, they've got the choice of a lot more drivers mm. on the grid. So Do you not think though he, he, he could? He brings a lot with him. I think so, but I think I think what damages him is the last couple of years and then taking a year out. Mm. Like if you take if you're a top team, you want to take on a driver who's just ready to hit the ground and go. And I think although Ferrari have had their (laughs) millions of issues, I think from sort of how they they're talking, still the team as a unit seems pretty okay. They seem pretty solid. They seem like uh, Leclerc and and Sainz 
are just kind of getting their heads down and getting on with things. They're not championship contenders this year, but they're trying to build the team back up. I don't really see either of them jumping ship. No. So potentially if one of them did, maybe, but it's a long, long hope. And he's basically just got to sit and wait if that if that is see, the case. Yeah. Uh, that's the option. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really really see that. So unfortunately, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think you don't you don't fancy that one, no. I don't think it's an option, sadly. But well, then I'll bring you to Alpine. Yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no. Yeah, so this this is this is as closed the door as any. Well, okay, okay. Let's let's. Is it because uh, the, I wonder how many people have changed in management roles and stuff tr- since ve- this time around? Very true. But yeah, I don't think it's likely. But I I can't see it being likely. No. I think they've got a pretty solid drive lineup. Yeah. Knock on and Gasly, who's both contract runs until twenty twenty four. They've got another year. Yeah. Um I don't think so. No. No. maybe maybe going back is isn't Yeah. It's not probably, the not yeah. the thing. It's not a to good do. look even if he if if that was an option. With your tail between your legs yeah. and Yeah. Maybe not. Williams. Another interesting one, mm-hmm. um, but I would pop them in the same category as Haas. Yeah. Like as you've said, th- they probably would be one of the teams to offer him the seat. Yeah, but would his ego take the seat? Probably not. Probably mm. not. But you got Albon and Sargent there. At the minute Albon's twenty twenty four and Sargent's twenty twenty three, which is surprising. They give him a one year. Mm. Um, no. I-, I just I don't think he would. They'd have him. I don't think he. Could. Yeah, I think they would offer him a seat tomorrow but I don't think he would. Mm. But as as we've said, if he wants to be back on the grid, that ego is going to have to be popped in the bin for a minute. Um, yeah, sorry. Alpha Tauri? No, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's a Red Bull development that's, team. That's a strange one. Um, the reasons to know that 2024 and 2023 respectively... Um, I mean, if Red Bull literally ran out of drivers to put in that well, seat, it's, maybe... it's an option. But, but there's plenty. Yeah, and then... Um, and then the last but not least, Mercedes, which isn't going to happen. No. Either, got George Russell, whose contract doesn't even run until 2023, but he's going to be their golden boy for the next yeah. God knows how long. And Lewis will stay there for as long as Lewis wants to stay there. Is he just on one year rolling? I, I, I he hasn't renewed yet, but I, I think he, he's probably still got the fire in him to keep going. Now. Yeah, I think they would want him. He would probably wants to stay, so why would they get rid of, why would they get rid of him? Mm. He wouldn't. So realistically, what we're saying is, Ricardo's options here are Haas, Williams, and potentially. I really, really, and also I am going to still put it in there, like a long, like million to one shot of Ferrari. Yeah, but um, I still, don't, I still don't see it. It's not great. It's not great. Is it's it? not. You've got to, when you when you think it's so such when a we're, shame when we're taking Ricardo and then we're looking at where we'd place him. You've got to remember that if seats became available in these teams. The top teams have access to whoever they want, pretty much. Um, like if if a seat at, at Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston becomes available, everyone's looking for the next Max. Yeah, are they, are they necessarily going to pick someone who's thirty three, thirty four, like, and has had two bad years and then a year out of the sport? Mm. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know he brings a lot of marketing. Yeah, he brings a lot with, with him, him, but um, yeah. So realistically, yeah, he, he's going to have to go for Haas, Salva, slash Alpha, or Williams. And will will he do that? I don't know. 
So, so it's a shame, though, isn't it? Because he, he seems he, he's just he, we need him back. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see him driving again. I, I would, but if he's if he's sort of positioning himself as I will only drive for a top team, then I think realistically we could be facing the fact that Ricardo's not coming not back coming to Formula back. One, and that's a big shame. But what, it's right. it happens. So, what does your heart tell you? Will you or won't be back? Just yes or no? I think he probably will be back in one of the lower teams. You heard it here first, guy. Don't put your mortgages on it, though, eh? No. But um, what would be really interesting is what what do you guys think about this? Um, He arguably could have, should have won championships had he had the right car and been in the right place at the right time. He wasn't. And I think that, realistically, that's the brutal nature of Formula 1. And that's, that's, that's how it goes. You know, we're looking at, we're, we're sitting looking at the grid that we've got now. You've got Leclerc, you've got Russell, you've got um, Lando. All three of them definitely should have championships in their future. They might not get them. No. Um, and it's just, it's just how things fall, look, being in the right place at the right time. And I, I do wonder whether kind of Daniel's time there has run out and whether he's got to start looking elsewhere, mm. start racing elsewhere. Um, which is a real shame. It is I a loved shame. watching racing. Um, and it's definitely not the grids just not the same no. with Adam there. So yeah. We hope to see you back, Danny Rick. But if not, fair play and we wish you all the best in wherever you end up, whether it's IndyCar or sports car racing or something like that. I'm sure you'll can like continue racing. But yeah, this ends the, the Ricardo segment. Um just, it, that was a bit of a change of pace for us because I think in the previous ones, the previous episodes we've done, we've um, just kind of chatted about things that have happened and we've not necessarily gone into anything with a plan. Um, this is one where we were like, Do you know what, we want to cover a driver's career and kind of go through the highs and lows a little bit and then kind of maybe talk about where they might go in the future. Mm. Um, if you like this sort of thing and if you'd like to see us do more of this sort of thing, let us know because... Um, I'll be honest, it's been quite fun to put together, hasn't it? Like, it's been fun to listen to, because obviously... <laughs> well, no, because no, when, we, when we started this podcast, we started it with the dynamic of two mates talking about Formula 1, one who knows a bit more than the other, mm. and a sort of an educational experience. So that was always the plan, like a newbie's point of view and a slightly more experienced point of view. So that was the first episode, really, where that's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. been the dynamic. So no, it was really, it was really cool for me, too. Sweet. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it cool. as well. So if you've enjoyed it, let us know and we'll try and do more of these because it would be fun to start picking back through other drivers and maybe we can get your help in picking who we should look at. It yeah. doesn't have to be, you know, current drivers from when I've been watching or anything either. It could it could be from, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So yeah, um, we thought we'd round out this episode with a fun little, you, you know, while we are quite... Um, you know, we can we can research things. What we do like doing here is just sticking our finger in the air and going, mm, and just pulling a load of names out of that. What we're going to do here, without any uh, factual evidence, without any practice running, because they haven't done it, we are going to predict the top five at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Josh, who is number one for you? To win. Yes, to win. <laughs> uh, You've got a lot of drivers to pick from here, remember. So take your time if you need to think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's yeah. really boring, but mm. you're stupid if you say it now. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I, I have, I have picked Verstappen. 
I'm, I am shocked. Let's move quickly on. Duh. Anyway, P2. Um, Perez. Okay. Because for one, he's sat in a Red Bull. Yeah. The Red Bull's DRS is so powerful. Yeah. And the straights and DRS straights on Baku were so long. Mm. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've also gone for Perez. I think we've been pretty uncreative here, but it's obvious. I mean, I think qualifying, yeah, that DRS, they're going to be miles away. And then race, it's just kind of them doing yep. them. Unless something crazy happens, which, you know, it's Baku. That occasionally does happen. Could do. But um, Max yeah. could blow another tyre. Yeah, he could. He could. Um, in third place. So I, I did mine after you. Uh-huh. I was doing mine, and then I was like, these are stupidly close to Alex's, and this is really <laughs> boring. So let's spice things up a bit. I went with Lewis. Um, Mercedes are going to be a bit of an unknown, really, because they haven't started the season great, but they are on the bandwagon of bringing loads of new updates to Baku. So I'm just going to go with maybe it'll be really good this time. Mm, and I'm going to go with Lewis in third. It's a good call. I've, I've also gone on the Mercedes bandwagon this time. I've gone for Russell. Um, I think he's been looking really solid this year. Um, yeah, I've got him to DNF, by the way. <laughs> just to add a little bit <laughs> more spice on there. <laughs> um, I think he could have the edge on Lewis in Baku. He did get a podium last year in what was arguably a worse car. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of hoping for good things, and maybe with the updates, they could be up in the mix. So, um, yeah. So Russell P3, P4, Alonso, Alonso. Yeah, and I've literally just put <laughs> your your reason is amazing because he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> just just hit, have more Alonso driving around, going, I love this track. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Um, I've I've gone P4. I've gone for Lewis. Oh wow, okay. Um, because just because I, I can't see, uh, like I feel like the difference in pace between Lewis and George is so tight that I can't realistically put Russell in third and then predict <laughs> Lewis anywhere other than fourth. I just feel like they're so close to each other. There may be issues. I've kind, I'm kind of banking on the fact that Mercedes upgrades are going to do some yeah. good stuff here. Um, they may not. They may, but they may, and if they do. Lewis and, and George are going to be up there. But if they don't, this is going to be a long, old, tough season for them. It, isn't is, it? it is. In fifth? You have picked. Oh, I've picked Science. Ah, and why have you picked Science? Because he's a smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Um, he is that. I just really like I like to see him smile. Yeah, especially after the, the tears at the end of the last Grand To be Prix. fair, I don't know if he'd be smiling at P5. Probably not. But, like... No. Yeah, I. Funny enough, as a Ferrari fan, I was actually going to put them in there. higher, just uh, pu- purely on some sort of like misconstrued remnant of hope that they'll actually do okay. But I still feel like they probably eat the tires too much, and, mm. and I don't know the back is going to be particularly good for that. So in P five, I've put Alonso, mm-hmm. and I I want Alonso to be on the podium. I think hand on heart, most people do. Um. And I'd love him to continue that record of, of being on the podium for every race this year. But I just think that the Aston's probably going to struggle on the straight. Yeah. And Baku's got a long old straight. Yeah, that's... So I think they're going to struggle a little bit there. I'd love to see him in the mix. Um, but I think P5 for Fernando Alonso. Yeah, there you have it. So get that's down what's the, not going to happen. Get down the buggies. Yeah. Put your money on that. Yeah. If you win, we'll take a percentage. If not... I mean, gamble why, responsibly, yeah, idiot. Why did you do that? Why? Why? <laughs> um, 
yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to have a race again. You know, it's it's been it's been a while. I can't remember what's been a bad month. What happens? What we'll, they... we'll have. Oh, before we go, we should probably mention there's a sprint race. Oh yeah, okay. I, I forgot about that. There's a sprint race at. Back Not in... predicting that. No. <laughs> um, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. It, to be honest, I'm glad because we kind of get we kind of get two races for yeah been without one the, for a while and I don't think the teams are happy are they but I'm, screw I'm them. kind of excited it's for not this about one. them it's about me if you make a mistake here ooh, that's mm. going to cost you a lot so maybe it's going to be a topsy-turvy race yes maybe we'll see a non-Red Bull win uh, maybe I admire your restraint <laughs> I doubt it <laughs> just punching me in the face right there but maybe. yeah uh, who knows I'm excited I'm looking forward to this one Um. Me too. Is that a pod? It is. Um, just really last thing before we go. The competition's still running. Got a week left. We will announce the, the winner on the Baku episode for the weekend of that race. Yeah, yeah, so next week. So you've got one week left to enter. Dead simple. Just go to our Instagram, which is... Pit Lane Collective and tpc.pod. Yeah, and there's a little picture there, and just follow the instructions. It's super easy. And you'll win loads of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to try and pick the winner actually on the podcast. Yes. So podcasts, these are usually going out sort of well, sometime on a Tuesday, depending on how the internet behaves and how quickly we can edit them. Um, so we will message the winner before that. Yeah. But if you want, jump on the pod and uh, and watch and see if it's you. Um, And yeah, that's kind of... That's it. That's the end of this episode. Thanks for getting this far. Yeah. Cheers for joining us. And we will see you after a race. We will. (laughs) Enjoy.